What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Action Movie Anatomy. I'm back. You're back. We're very excited to be here. We got a very, very special guest in studio, and Snickers is here, so we're happy all the way around. Let's talk Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. Uh, let me get in on the back. Oh. Have you heard this version? No. Isn't it so yeah. sick? Yeah. I want a salsa dance. We were told we could no longer use the real version, so we found this better <laughs> one online. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Action Movie Anatomy. We've got Steph Sabra in the house. How you doing? So good. I'm so excited to be back. I am very happy we were going to do this, because last week we were supposed to cover this, but I was dying from food poisoning. I was so sick. I had to cancel a Schmodown match. I had to cancel our show. It, it felt... Very uncharacteristic of me. Yeah, but now you're healthy and back. I'm ready, and I was I was worried that we like we don't like to cover new movies weeks after they've come out because it feels like the the hot the heat the hot <laughs> the hot it feels like the hot is gone <laughs> uh, the heat behind it is gone. But I thought it was really important that we cover this because of you know there was the kind of abysmal first weekend at the box office, but not a huge drop off in week two and I want to support movies that are like this I think this movie is fantastic it was a lot of fun and I think even though we're late this should still be a lot of fun to cover I am so excited to cover it as soon as we were talking I'm like this is the one yep. <laughs> let's do it and we don't always agree but I think we agree on this one I know I, I really think we do and, and I was a little worried that I was going to be overhyped on this because uh, you know immediately after all of our friends, I don't know if did you see a screener of it? No, yeah, okay, I couldn't. So I know that Ben, you know Ben, who's usually here, saw a screener and he loved it. I know he saw it with Roxy; she loved it, and I was hyped. I was ready to go, but I still went in with like an even keel, you know, mindset. Not too hyped up, not too overexcited. And I loved it. I had a great time. I loved it so much. I just saw it twice again, and I loved it even more. I think it's going to be one of those movies that 10 years from now, people will love this movie even more. I, I think so. I think so. I think there's a lot of the overhype that happens when any uh, comic book movie comes out initially. And uh, this one this one did not uh, disappoint. So we'll get into that in just a minute. This is Action Movie Anatomy. You guys know and love the show. Uh, let's talk about you for just one second, Steph. Where can the people find you? At Steph Sabra, S-A-B-R-A-W. Yeah, and uh, it if you follow the popcorn talk on Instagram or on Twitter, her and Ryan, who uh, is in the booth, or at least he should still be in the what booth. What up? What's up, dude? How you doing? Doing great. Hyped to hear your thoughts on Birds of Prey. You guys put some pretty good shit out there. I'm just going to say it right now. You guys you guys kind of do the content that Ben and I think we're trying to do or wish that we could do, but you guys actually execute. Thank uh, you. We get a little crazy. We get a little loco. So you guys, you guys recently did the Alt Oscars, which is a very, very. Uh, I love the idea. I love the concept of the show. It's basically, you know, rewarding the movies that weren't recognized by the Academy, and then you guys decide who wins among them. Um, it's a very like serious and, and badass topic. <laughs> what was the deal with the promo video? Talk to me about why and how the promo video happened the way that it did. <laughs> well, this is the thing. We knew it was really serious. You have to give those awards in a certain way. And it was right. kind of a little bit different than what Ryan and I are used to. And then he approached me with the idea. I'm like, screw it. Let's do it. Wait, like, so Ryan came up with the, the concept. Yeah. 
No, Ryan, Ryan usually directs the weirdness. Oh. I just go along with it. I, man in the chair. <laughs> man in the chair. I love it. Uh, Ryan, uh, have you seen Birds of Prey? Oh, yeah. I actually went to one of those early screenings, and I actually think I came back, and you guys had just finished your AMA with uh, with Koi. So I was fresh off of seeing Birds of Prey right then and there. You didn't like it. Uh, I was one of the few that was a little disappointed. I'm a little bit middle of the road for me. I had some issues with the editing. I thought the action was great, but after a while, uh, I just thought it was a little bit too loose with the story. Um, All the performances, fantastic, but if I'm being completely honest, I was a little underwhelmed. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Uh, but uh, it, it feels good that we're at least on the same page. I know. For yeah. Once. It's very I know. Nice. It's so weird. Usually I'm on the same page as Ryan. But, but uh, not today. Not today. At least the guy next to me agrees. All right. So welcome to Action Movie Anatomy, you guys. Uh, we're going to do a couple shout outs here at the top of the show. We got a Patreon, patreon.com slash team action. Ben and I are doing a brand new series on there. We're going to go back and rewatch all of our Schmodown matches live with the chat and kind of react. Uh, it's something that we've been thinking about doing for a while, and it's something that's gotten a lot of people. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Happy price, price line. Excited. So some uh, shout outs here to some new patrons, Chris Hart and Sally A. Mercedes. Big, big time salute to you both. Thank you so much for your patronage. Thank you for supporting us. It really uh, it makes all the difference in the world. So action movie anatomy. We've got four rules on this show that all the movies must adhere to. It gets a little bit looser, but rule number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. Uh, yeah, right? Absolutely. She totally does. Yeah. And she's she is the sole hero of this movie even though she's got her badass crew, right? Yeah. Okay. I I think it was it was her movie. Yeah. Completely. 100%. Uh rule number 2, the hero and the villain are always the smartest beings, creatures, dinosaurs, aliens, whatever in the room. Um I, th- I so I'm not sure about this one, right? Yeah. Cuz she's she's not dumb. She's yeah. not like a dumb hero, but she doesn't feel like she's the smartest person in the room at all times, but she kind of has to be because she wins yeah she figures it out but both i feel like both the hero and the villain played by passion Mm -hmm. they played by the same rules and they ended up being the smartest in the room but it wasn't by design no that's that's (laughs) a very good point maybe it's also their support uh their support squad around them because like victor zaz seems like he's a big part of the brains yeah uh you know uh ewan mcgregor's character which i loved i thought he was so fantastic good i was actually kind of worried about it so I, I don't know how I missed it, but I like didn't know it was gonna like he was gonna be in the movie. I, I guess I didn't watch a lot of the trailers and, and read too much into the production of this movie. I just missed it. And then when Ben got out of the movie, he said that it was like one of his favorite parts was you, and I was so excited because I love Ewan McGregor, and he's so weird. He's so weird. I I've never <laughs> seen him act like this. I was like, oh my gosh, it's gonna be weird to look at you in different films because you were so weird. What do you think of his <laughs> smile? His, his like, I loved it. I'm like, you're a psycho. I'd never want to be in a room with you. No. Holy sh. Yeah. And no. they and like, I wasn't sure how intense he was gonna be, but starting the movie off with like cutting off people's faces. I didn't know that's what Black Mass was all about. No. I, I I was really grossed out. I yeah, I 
I will say I closed my eyes. For, Did you? Yeah, I really don't like uh, <laughs> scalping people. Or skin peeling. <laughs> I, I completely agree. It's not agree. my jam. <laughs> there's a, God, what movie is There's a movie, it's Nurse Betty. Nurse Betty has Renee Zellweger and uh-huh. Morgan Freeman, and they like, there's a scalping at the beginning of the movie, and I saw it in theaters as a kid, and ever since then, I'm petrified of it. I, I hate it. It I grosses like me it. out. Yeah. I really don't like it, but it made sense for his character. I, I, now I just want to know who we would talk to this about and be like, I love scalping. I enjoy <laughs> watching scalping. I love that scene. It's it my actually favorite. was really deep. <laughs> Literally. S- some crazy uh, <laughs> person that you have to be worried about would say that. That's true. This is true. Uh, so the movie <laughs> is driven by a police, military, political figure, or a mercenary. Um, she... She's not really any of those things, right? She's she's like an anti-hero. Yeah, she's she, definitely an anti-hero. More she, She's not any of those things, right, Ryan? She's not a Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's, yeah. She's kind of bad. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> That's pretty evil. Uh, and then rule number four, the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. It does. All Most all uh, superhero yes. comic movies will have a minimum of one explosion. So today on the show, we're going to talk about feast, uh, thesis statement, fist pump, you know, our favorite line, things that we always do. My thesis, I think, is going to lead us into another conversation that I'm excited to have. Um, but also, our top three favorite breakup movies. Uh I went through a breakup five years ago that basically almost ruined my life, and I somehow survived, but I have a couple movies in there that I adore, and I'm pretty sure if you know me, you know what one of them is, but uh, we're going to talk about our favorite breakup movies. They could be sad and depressing, they could be inspiring, they could be anything They could be triggering. Yes, they could be triggering, uh, which I've got one of those in there as well, so I'm really excited (laughs) to talk about those. You you have some good ones. Yes, I do. I came with heat today. Did you? Yeah, I had to show up for the Action Army. I love you guys. I couldn't come, like, empty-handed. No, the Action Army absolutely adores you. When I told uh, them a couple weeks ago that you'd be on the show, they were very, very excited. And then when I told them that I canceled the show, the first thing they asked, it wasn't, how are you? It wasn't, are you okay? Are you going to be better? It, It was... Is Steph going to be back for the other episode? Are you still going to cover Birds of Prey? We want Steph. This so. is what I'm talking about. I love you all. So she's here. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> also love Brandon Hanna. I was just going to say, do you want to read it out, Ryan? Yeah, he just donated $5 in the Super Chat to say, watch Star Wars News with Ryan and Steph on Thursdays here on Popcorn Talk. Love that guy. Love that guy. That's love true. that I, guy. I probably should have done that. I should have. Guys, make sure to watch Ryan and Steph <laughs> on Thursdays here on Popcorn Talk, talking all the Star Wars news that you could imagine. Um... <laughs> I saw your video yesterday. Again, you guys' videos that you do. Ryan murdered Baby Yoda in front of you. Oh, my. On camera. Right, yeah. Yeah. He, yes. He was really <laughs> yes, sadistic. He's one of those friends that's like, if I go through this stuff, you have to go through this. Mm. And I'm coming to respect that because I have to do the same to you now, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, well, we, she, she yeah that was a horrifying video. Some weird stuff. <laughs> see it on her uh, Insta story. <laughs> so uh, let's get into thesis statement. This is your biggest, boldest thought about the film. should usually be kind of hyper if you were at a party, let's say it was a Birds of Prey party, and you got the microphone for just 10 seconds, what was the one statement you would make? Uh, do you want to go first? You want me to go first? <laughs> I'll go first because yours is like a mic drop. I already know it. Okay, okay, all right, <laughs> fair. I like it. Okay, so I think Birds of Prey is like if Kill Bill and Deadpool had a raunchy, explosive, bisexual baby that ended up as being the most rewarding breakup film of all time. Yes, that's the problem. Yes, there she is. <laughs> what is up, J-Lo? 
Hey guys. <laughs> have you seen Have you seen Birds of Prey? I did. So you I, you know that was the perfect thesis. That was the perfect thesis. <laughs> it, it really was because it does have. All right, so let's 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 go through it step by step. Yes. So Kill Bill meets. Uh, Deadpool yes. because it's raunchy, it's funny, it's vengeance, comedic. vengeance. It's also gory as hell, so gory, explosive cuss words. Ex- best fight scene, one of my favorite fight scenes in any DC movie. Which which one? The jail scene, breakout scene. I love the jail break. Are you so talking about when she goes in to yeah. the jail, like with the gun and the yeah. lock? That's me. That's my. Yeah. That was my. We're gonna get there. <laughs> uh, but yes, it was so awesome, so good, and it was like moving art. It was fucking beautiful, right? It was so cool to look right. at, right? Here. Yeah, we are. It's like your nails are like the color of all the canisters. I am the explosion. <laughs> so I love that thesis. It's like it, it's that's another thing that I love about having guests on the show is our, Ben and I. Our thesis statements sound so they this it's like mine and his. It's like the way that we speak and the way that we form our thesis statements has been the same for five years. So anytime we have a guest on, it's cool to bring in a new one because that's definitely not one that him and I would have ever come up with. Mine is is it sounds like what we always say, but. By the end of Margot Robbie's career, she will go down as the most successful and famous actress of all time. All time? All time. Over Audrey, over Catherine, over anyone. Julia Roberts had her moment. Sandra Bullock had her moment. Meg Ryan had her moment. Like, there's so many icons that I love and I love to watch their movies. They've been around for decades and decades. And I think that's that's one thing you got to think about, like the Meryl Streep's, the Catherine Hepburn's, um, the Julia Roberts, the Sandra Bullock's at this point. They've all been around for at least 20 years, yeah. right? At very minimum. So Margot's got a lot that she needs to do by the end of her career. But the thing is, is that she is, I mean, Ben and I talk about this because she started her career off in such an interesting way by going full frontal in Wolf of Wall Street, which is interesting because sometimes, you know, you'll get painted into a corner when you do something like that as your first movie. But she was like, look, this is a Scorsese movie with Leo. This movie's good. I know exactly what I need to do, and this is a great role for her to pick. But then she went on to do other things, like playing Tanya Harding and giving a performance that honestly should have at least been nominated, probably could have won. Agreed. You know, the the scene that she gives in the courtroom, the speech that she gives about oh. like not being able to skate anymore... <laughs> It's, That's a ball my eyes out it, scene it, every time. Anytime you turn it on, yeah. it doesn't matter what you're doing, you watch that scene and you ball your eyes out. She's incredible. She's not only Harley Quinn at the same time that she's getting ready to be Barbie. Like, holy shit, could you be any more iconic and you're what, like 30? It, it, it's insane. I hear no lies, Andrew. There's not yeah. So <laughs> I, I mean I think that's I think that's my thesis. I don't I don't know if there's any way. To counter that, I mean, J Lo, how do you feel about that thesis statement? Do you do you like Margot Robbie? Do you think her career is about is just like on an upwards tra- trajectory that would never end? I believe so. I think. I mean, she's kicking ass right now, so I definitely agree with that for sure. And she's, yeah. and she's not doing anything wrong. Like, no, she's not being a bitch. She's not set. problematic. She's- yeah, because we've heard with some of the the greats right now, there's problems right. on set. I haven't heard one bad thing about Margot Robbie, and I love every movie she's in. Yeah. I, I think that she is so good. Her and Charlize Theron, and I think like Lupita Nyong'o is close up there. Yes, of uh, those three women are just murdering everything that they do. Well, that and that's what I wanted to talk about. That's kind of what the conversation I wanted to lead into was like, who were the other biggest contenders? You know, because for a long time it felt like uh, felt like Natalie Portman might be that, but then she had a baby and kind of just chilled out a little bit. She's only done a few movies in the last few years. I and feel I'm, like she's done more in the past two years. Yeah. She's coming back. She's coming back, and I'm and I'm totally okay with it. I'm a big, big Natalie Portman fan. Uh, Anna de Armas is still, like, 
very, very fresh, very yeah. young. Charlize, God, I love Charlize I, Theron. I, she is so she, good. She's incredible. Her in Bombshell, oh my gosh. I, 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 I need it. That I guess maybe that I guess maybe Tanya Harding was that role for Margot, but it wasn't even close to like monster. Like because no. that was like at the time when you saw Charlize being like, Oh my god, you're the most beautiful creature on the planet. Yeah. And then you saw her come out as Eileen Warnos and you're like, What, what? <laughs> in the actual shit just happened in my life? Yeah. It's so crazy. Both of those women specifically are the hottest beings. Like I don't know right. what person created them, but they did a really <laughs> fantastic job. But then they do these roles and you just you forget about beauty and looks and they just turn into these either monstrous characters or a Harley Quinn and you forget. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing is she's still she's so good she has such great acting chops she's not just a pretty face she doesn't just fill a role she doesn't just have like the ideal you know barbie figure so like okay she looks like barbie we'll cast her as barbie but like that's also the barbie's gonna be uh directed by greta gerwig and written by noah bombach so how what kind of crazy barbie movie are we gonna get <laughs> i'm so excited the kind of barbie i would buy yeah, when i yes, was younger exactly. that's the only type of barbie i'd get <laughs> i was i don't know how you felt because you were a girl so like you maybe wanted to buy barbies whereas like as a boy it's kind of different it's a little more no. at least when i was growing up but i used to always wonder like where my brown barbie was at oh my gosh i was so yeah, yeah. I the closest <laughs> thing was Teresa. I think my parents convinced me she was a person of color. Is, ter- is that one she's of the Barbies? Not, she's white with brown hair. So I was more upset about the. I guess I was more so looking for the Ken because I was like, if Ken There's is only no blonde Ken. and blue, then like, what am I supposed to? You're hideous. No, I'm hideous. <laughs> and I know. You heard it here first <laughs> on air. <laughs> no, you're your own Barbie. <laughs> uh, wow, she's 29. She's 29. 29? I'm so old. Wait, that makes me... I'm so old. She's 29? She's 29. So you think about, like, what she was doing at her... Yeah. So, okay. Good. Okay. Good for her. Good for you, Margo. Whoa. Uh, Damn. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, JLo. That's what's up. Uh, all right. So moving on, let's get into our fist pump moment. This is the moment in the movie where you look around and you're like, holy shit, are you seeing this? This is... I get to watch the rest of this movie. You want to call your friend they've seen already go, do you remember that part? Do you remember when this thing happened? They go, of course I do. That's my fist pump moment. So uh, why don't you go first? Because I wonder if we have the exact same one. I think we might. Yeah. It's as soon as Harley comes in with that gun that shoots out sparkles and paint and and powder and and smoke. That's, I think, my favorite weapon ever used in a DC movie. It is so perfect for her character and makes complete sense. But that entire scene, that was like 10 minutes of greatness. And and so I, I always have a worry when I see someone like Margot Robbie playing Harley Quinn and you know for some reason like you look at Charlize as Furiosa in Mad Max and there's not a moment for me to be like yeah she I don't know if she could actually do that like you watch Mad Max you're like she could totally kick Max's ass I am 100% for it and with it and I'm here for it but I was worried with Harley Quinn how I was going to feel in like the fighting scenes I saw the, the hair tie scene it was oh, like, yeah. released online and people were, were giving it a lot of crap And out of context, I watched it and I was kind of like, all right, I don't know. But this scene set the whole tone of the movie because she is a total badass and she wrecks everyone and it's so believable. It's I was looking to see where it wasn't her. Okay, so it wasn't just me. (laughs) Yeah, no, you were like looking for the stunt double double. or anything. I couldn't. I could not find it, and I thought that was for all the women. They looked mm-hmm. so badass. It was believable. I thought the sequences were amazing. I just love this entire scene. Yeah, I mean, they all three of them feel so 
freaking badass. And Rosie Perez. I mean, let's not take too much away from her. I know that we were both a little... She's that character in every movie. Yeah. Pineapple Express, exact same character. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would hope from a Rosie Perez that she would be useful with knowledge, like what the cops are going to do. Right. You know what I mean? But in terms of that whole scene, that was just, I w- would watch out and replay. And just as a woman, that ponytail scene was so relatable. Oh my, okay. So relatable. So I was watching it and I remember that was the moment where people were like, this is stupid. But, but like, it's I not. thought about it. I know. It's not. It's not at all. So, like, being someone that grew up with sisters and having a girlfriend, I understand. They're they're everywhere. Hair ties are everywhere. That's a thing. You've got I three got on two. Yeah. or two. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what do you want as the audience, right? Because if you're sitting there watching the movie, you're going to be one of those people that's like, this isn't real. You, you'd be like, they wouldn't fight with their hair down. That doesn't make any sense. They couldn't see anything. So, what are they supposed to do? Exactly. She was. She didn't know she was getting into a fight. Right. Her hair wouldn't have been upped and prepped. It made complete sense because I've been in these moments before. <laughs> like I've fought people and had to put my hair up. <laughs> I'm always in a jail cell trying to fight my way out, and I always need a hair tie. This is relatable. Yeah, and when I watched it, I was like, you know what? No, it's genius. It's, it's actually genius. just executed perfectly because... If you want to be the real person picking your part, you would be like, why is their hair down? This would be so in the way. It would be so annoying. I would, I would hate that if yeah. their hair was down. Especially her hair because it was similar to mine. I couldn't fight. I need my hair up if yeah. I'm going to do anything action-packed like that. That was almost my fist pump because I'd, I'd heard it getting so much crap online. And then when I watched it in the movie, I was like, that's just good writing. Yeah. And they executed it really well. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, th- that was one of those scenes where you're like, this women were behind the scenes cre- writing and directing mm-hmm. this because they would think of those things, whereas just a man can't because you don't understand what it's like to have a mane on your head. Yeah, and then also, like, if if it was a man making the decisions and your actress was, or even costume designer was like, well, maybe they should do this thing. They'd be like, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't seem necessary. Yeah. When it is very necessary. It is. It is. Uh, so it does sound like we have the same fist pump. I'm trying to think if I had any other moments. Uh, the other one I do is, is it's like my favorite line. So I don't think I want to get into that. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's just it. That, that that moment is so good. And the music in this movie is, is it goes <gasps> perfectly. I listened with, to the soundtrack on the way here. Yeah. I was getting. Yeah, I love it. Meg the Stallion is my girl. It's badass. Yeah. So it like gets you hyped up. They You're ready to such go. such good artists. Doja Cat, Saweetie, um, a few others just such. They picked the best artists for this album. And much like Queen and Slim, um, I mm. love that soundtrack too. And I think it enhances the movie. Like Black Panther's the same way it enhances yeah. the movie. This was the. The whole thing was perfect. I mean, you talk about like some of the most classic films of all time and like what scores do for those films. It can it does the same things for movies like this. For superhero movies, yeah. they need you need good music. Black Panther's a great example. Oh, another scene I loved. Okay. The whole egg sandwich build up. Oh it, my god. <laughs> it's so good. I have never uh, when movies make you there's certain movies that that make you want something. Like certain movies make me want to have a drink or they make me but this movie I've never wanted an egg sandwich so bad same. in my whole life. Same. It, we should have had some in studio. Oh, that's genius. That's <laughs> we so should have had some. We're just eating it, just dripping all over. No. ASMR episode. What's that? We should have done an ASMR. <laughs> Do you know that I'm obsessed with it? Like no, you're mukbang not. and ASMR? I love it. I love it. Not mukbang. Yeah. It's mukbang plus ASMR. So you get the best of both worlds. I could watch. Should we turn it on? Want me to turn it on? <laughs> I mean, we, can, we can take a break. Uh, Listen, we don't need to do the rest of this show. Wow. <sighs> it's a thing. And it gets me real hungry. And then I think about all the stuff I want to eat for the week. It, it makes me nauseous. 
exact opposite. Exact opposite. You're uh, <laughs> so uh, let's get into these. These I guess we'll do Margot Robbie and Ewan McGregor because we got the you know the hero and the villain um, mm-hmm. in their star profile. So Margot Robbie recently has done Bombshell, which I heard is great. I didn't get a chance to see Bombshell. Did you love it? So it was one of his top five movies of 2019 for me. And I heard the performances all the way across the board were out of this world so good uh once upon a time in hollywood also in 2019 which i upon re-watching i enjoy much more and i think she is so good in it she's so good i it wasn't her story i wanted more of her though Same. just selfishly but mm-hmm. i understand why she didn't have more she's so good at portraying like the innocence of young hollywood and like the excitement of that up-and-comer and just like purity and honesty she's She's so great in it, and she says so little. Yeah, I know. Again, also, is, just have to shout out the costume design because I want her entire closet yes, for that her movie. Whole wardrobe <laughs> her is whole wardrobe, banging as they say. <laughs> uh, and then Dreamland in 2019. I know that I should know more about Dreamland. I'm not sure why I can't think of what it is right now. But uh, three big movies in 2019. Again, this is exactly why my thesis was what it was. And then you and McGregor on the other side of it did Doctor Sleep in 2019, which mm-hmm. I did not see, but I heard. People liked a lot. They actually ended up coming around on it. I heard mixed reviews in the beginning. Uh, And then Christopher Robin in 2018 and Zoe in 2018. Um, And I know that he is rumored. I mean, not rumored, but the whole Obi-Wan Tell me, do you know anything? Yeah, yeah. I, can I was tell like, you yeah, about you want to fill us in on that? Obi Wan series, there's, they had a little slowdown in production, but they are set to start, I believe, early 2021. I, if Ryan's in the booth, but yeah, they are still set to go. They haven't started production at all, though. And it's, and he's still, he's still locked in. Yes, right. Okay, God, yeah, I love, yeah, I love some you people. Obi-Wan. Yeah, we were gonna riot, but we're gonna get that. <laughs> So uh, production development, you know, this movie was announced in May of 2016, you know, ahead of the release of Suicide Squad. They immediately were like, we want a movie about Harley Quinn. We need to have a movie about Harley Quinn, especially when they realized that it was going to be Margot Robbie in there. So uh, they wanted to bring in other heroes and villains like Batgirl uh, and the entire Birds of Prey. Production started in late 2018. They brought on Kathy Yan, uh, which I hope I'm saying that correctly, um, which was a big part of the producers behind it. They really wanted to make sure that they had a female director for the exact reasons that we were talking about, even with something like, you know, the hair tie all the way across, yeah. like being able to tell the stories of these women. Uh, they wanted an R-rated girl gang film, including Harley, because I was like, look, Harley needs friends. Harley loves interacting with people, so don't make her do a standalone film, which I think is perfect because... I wasn't, like, tired of her story or bored of her, like, on her own, but I did like that they gave us the consolidated version of, like, her history with the Joker. Yeah. And, like, you know, falling in love. Me too. And they did it, like, twice. They did it once, like, as an animation, and then they did it once again with Cindy, which I think is really all that you need. Yeah, you know? I agree. I think that they should have kept the name. They should have made the name Harley Quinn just for people who don't understand and who would have bought into Margot Robbie, regardless. Because I think that they did lose some viewership because of that. Cause you're, we, you're talking about the title, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the basis of it, I'm totally with. I actually think that in terms of introducing a bunch of new characters in such a short time, they did a phenomenal job. <laughs> I was sold on all of them. The crossbow killer. Oh my gosh, she was so <laughs> she was, funny. She was. So so good. She was so good. I'm Huntress. <laughs> you don't know who I am. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you know who I do am? Do you know who I am? Oh my god. Crossbow killer. Like we every- all practice in the mirror with some lines. Oh, I've definitely practiced lines in the mirror. Uh, and then Journey is just a badass. Like she is a sexy badass her voice is incredible oh my gosh, like queen everything about her i was in love with her oh in this my movie. god yes she gave body she gave face there action. it is, there it is. <laughs> so here for it queen her fight scene was so 
awesome yes. out in the alley between those two dudes. Again, it was like, you look at this, and I'm like, I believe it. I believe that that girl could kick their ass and my ass, no problem. Like, without even breaking a sweat. And I also love how that was, like, her introduction to Black Mask. And being yeah. Like, oh, wow, she can... Let's, let's actually do, do something some, else. I love that scene. That was one of those deeper scenes where you could tell a woman wrote it because we've all been faced with that problem where we might not know a woman, but we see her getting taken advantage of and you like have to step in. It's, I, it's our role as as queens together. She almost walked away. She yeah. almost drove away. She was just about to let it go. And then she's like, I just can't. Yeah. And I was so happy. Yeah. I, I didn't know if she was going to be good or bad. Same. You know? I didn't know if she would care. Uh, but I thought that was a really powerful moment because we're all faced with that issue. We're like, we don't know them. But I think 2020, I know it's our responsibility to watch out for each other. How did you feel about the relationship between her character, Black Canary and Black Mask? Um, that wasn't explored as much as I would have liked. Because yeah. at first it just looked like she was a side singer. Then I guess that was his little bird that he was obsessed with. But I didn't... I didn't... I wasn't attached to the obsession because it wasn't shown that much. I wanted like a little nugget of like messed up like mental trauma or like some weird fucked up relationship yeah, like between Joker them and Harley. exactly like yeah. I want to just like one little extra thing to add to it other than just like I mean I get it she gave him a job took him off the sh- or took her off the streets is what she says and then that was her justification for being a driver but I just felt like there was a little bit more to go deeper yeah like psychologically yeah a hundred percent because that's a quintessential abusive relationship where a woman stays in regardless of love just because they think that they owe someone something exactly and that's and, and like I guess we could get there we like we did the work on our own but I think it would have been nice to get spoon fed just yeah, a little bit more just a little bit I agree um, so before we get into critical and box office, let's uh, let's talk about some of our favorite breakup films. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes, everyone loves a good breakup. We love breakups. Oh man! Yikes! Oh yikes! I... They're the worst. They're the worst. They're the absolute worst. I don't know how if you've gone through one oh. recently, but like like I said, I went through one five years ago, and that about killed me. Yeah, I was... went through one recently, and it was it's the worst. It's the worst. The worst. Like you just. It makes you look at life differently. It does. And usually, for me, I I, uh, I like to self-medicate with alcohol and movies. That's what I do, is I just sit. And then pizza. And then you pizza. watch depressing and movies. And I just watch I depressing can't. movies. I can't. See, I haven't been able to watch movies like Marriage Story because I'm afraid that it's going to send me further into trigger. Lifetime of Singlehood. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, Marriage Story specifically, you look at your... It, it, if you watch it, you're like, even if you're not in a relationship, you're like, I could get a divorce. And you're like, why do I want to get married? No, yeah. You know? Like, yeah. if I run into Laura Dern, I'll divorce anybody. Because that woman <laughs> could convince me of anything in that movie. And, yeah, so that... That part. <laughs> that movie's really interesting. That's not going to be on my list. Um, let's start. Let's go. We'll go back and forth. Okay. Three to one. Uh, okay. Number three. What is, your, what, is your, what is your number three breakup film? Girls Trip. I oh. thought... Yeah. So yeah. I actually haven't seen Girls Trip. <gasps> No. You have to see it. No, I love. It's I love. so funny. It, it's my funny breakup movie because okay. we don't always get a funny one, uh, but this one was my funny one, and I just love this movie. The entire cast is amazing. Oh I will, yeah, yeah, yeah. You would love it. Okay, okay. It's actually really, really funny. It's got a ninety-one percent on Rotten Tomatoes because it's hilarious. People enjoy this. Okay, all right. I'll check that out. So my actually uh, my first one is she's yeah. There we go. She's out of my league. I don't know why I Ooh. love this movie. I, I I know I said before the movie she's just not that into you, or he's just not that into you, but she's out of my league. I don't know why I love this movie, but I think it's just because of how 
annoying and like awkward Jay Baruchel is, <laughs> but he's also so endearingly or like endearing and lovable. Um, and Where then, is he? He, I know, I don't know, hmm. I don't know what he's doing. But then Alice Eve, like they're them together. T.J. Miller, like in his prime. Something about Christian Ritter being a bitch in this movie. I everything about this movie. Whenever I watch it, I just I'm just like sitting there smiling and having a good time. And it's like if you're going through a breakup, you're like I could get anybody. I really could. I could. I, I should never settle. I could be with Alice Eve. That's true though. Never settle. <laughs> never settle. Never settle. Uh, so she's out of my league. Is my number three. Good choice. Okay. The. This one's hard. I don't know how to number these, but I'll just go okay. number two with um, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Whew. That it, is heavy. Heavy. I That one I watch every probably seven years. I can't do you more get, okay. than that. It's, yeah. it's one of those for you. <laughs> yeah. That's like my Requiem for a Dream. Like, I love that movie, but I need, I need time. I need time. But that movie really shook me to my core when it first came out. Obviously, I'm a huge Jim Carrey fan, so... Yeah. Love that movie. It's it, like the the fighting in that movie is so heartbreakingly real. Yeah, it's. I feel like that was the prerequisite for Marriage Story. Honestly, <laughs> yes, because the fighting in Marriage Story is just as real and just as horrible to watch, but in a in a weirdly enjoyable way. Uh, all right, so number two for me is uh, is just straight up classic. Like, ball my eyes out while watching Snickers. What are you doing? Come on. I love you. <laughs> Snickers. I said I would bring a hyena, but Snickers will have to do. I love the hyena. I know I love, I love the hyena. Bruce. I wanted to bring Bruce in, but I was, he's I, at home. I thought they just killed him, and I was devastated. I was I was like, how did they... Her props were so good. They, everything. Yeah. Her <sighs> costume design, her props, and then the, the idea of Bruce was... I loved... I had a mini fist pump when it showed the guy that said the thing in the animal store and then the next scene was just the Bruce chewing on his leg. I was like, this is amazing. Amazing. Is, I was like, all right, this is good. I'm 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 in I'm into this movie. Uh, so number two for me is Blue Valentine. I've told you about this movie. Yeah, I have. love it. You have you've seen it or no? Yes, it yeah. is only once because it's... it is that scarring, Andrew. Oh and you my put God. yourself through this yearly, I think. It, I'd love it. I I do. I watch it once a year at least and I <laughs> If if Michelle Williams and Ryan Gosling can't make it work, then you're we're all just screwed, right? Like, come on. Yeah, you can't. You, I just can't go to that movie. I think that came out right after one of my first horrible breakup. It's just so. It scarred me. It's it, the movie is scarring as well. Like, there's okay. All right, come here, come here, come here. Uh, it's just like it's heartbreaking. You see, like Gosling get kind of chubby and balding and then you realize you're like oh my god it happens to everyone even ryan gosling and yeah so that's that's my number it's two the inevitable on the, i wonder if snickers i think snickers made it on camera uh, i hope he did <laughs> but yeah that's my number two okay number one 500 days of summer i remember when this came out it was like the first time indie films were really really talked about in a positive way at least from my perspective i hadn't had that much hype around indie films yeah. before and i love this movie god damn it this movie right <laughs> yes like the whole time you're just like i can't wait until they <laughs> finally get together it's gonna be so great married, it's gonna be kids. this beautiful crescendo there's gonna be birds and then they just don't but tis is that's, that's life. life that's i know i know that's life and it was a good lesson for a young staff well yeah that's fair that's fair yeah this movie came out when i was in college uh, i was working at blockbuster at the time and i actually didn't watch it i didn't watch it until like a few years ago and it is yeah it, it, it's a it's a rough one. It's heartbreaking. 
No, I'm curious what your number one is. So my number one, it's funny. You'll like the people in the chat that will laugh because it's it's Warrior. It's like my favorite movie of all time. It's just the same one. It's like, what's your favorite movie? What's your best action movie? What's your da da da? What's your favorite breakup movie? It's Warrior because so Warrior, I would every single night <laughs> when I when I first went through my breakup, I stayed on Ben's couch for like two months because we had like a house, the whole thing, house and dog and yard. The whole oh the God. whole nine. So I went from that to like staying on Ben's couch and I would drink at least a half a bottle of whiskey every day, usually probably the whole one. And I would watch every night I would pass out on the couch crying watching Warrior. <laughs> that was my life. <laughs> Andrew. Oh my God. Thank you Just, for your vulnerability. Is, yeah. It's so funny because I slept on Roxy's couch for a month after one okay. of my breakups. Wow. Of course. The- <laughs> And, like, everything from, like, how inspiring this movie is to the music, the soundtrack, like, the National. I love the National so much, but they make such beautiful, sad music that I I would listen to their soundtrack when I wasn't watching the movie. And then Jennifer Morrison is, like, the greatest wife of all time in that movie. So much about it. Can I confess something? You've never seen it. I can already tell. I can already tell by the look (laughs) on your face that you haven't seen it. Should I leave? You're like, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, great yeah, point. That sounds like a fun film. Love no, it. No, my God. You have to watch it. You have to watch it. Okay. You do. People are like, okay. Yeah. It's, <laughs> people are like, that's so cool. Slash sad. Yeah, so sad. Slash cool. Yeah, this story is... Uh, yeah. That was a good time. I also love Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Someone else put it in oh, there. That's, that's like such one of my good, favorites of all time. That is a great one. I feel like that should be on my list. Yeah, I feel like that one has to be. All right, that's unanimous on our list that we didn't say. Okay, yeah. good, good, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, honorable mention. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen Warrior, which it sounds like a couple of you haven't in the chat, you guys could watch it with Steph because all of you need to watch <laughs> Warrior now. Let's do a watch along. We've we've done two with that to movie. Warrior. We, we did one, Freak. I think, here, and we did one at home. <laughs> yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem. Uh, all right. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Andrew. I know. I know. Well, what Do you a- watch movies a lot repeatedly? Like the same one? So I used to do it a lot more. But now because of the Schmodown, I don't do it as much. Yeah. I feel like if I'm going to sit down and watch a movie, I should you watch something watch I haven't seen. Um, but I do love to rewatch movies. I don't. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I've se- I guarantee I've seen Gladiator probably a hundred times. Like no. legitimately a hundred times. No way. Yeah. Yeah. How could you? I can't put myself through that a hundred times. Sensing some judgment. I yeah, I'm trying not to judge. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Well, it's the greatest story and movie of all time. So that and Warrior, <laughs> it makes sense that I'd seen both of them about a hundred times. So moving on to critical and box office, uh, this movie was actually pretty cheap to make. It only cost eighty four million dollars, uh, which I know is still a lot of money, but respectively to all the other movies and superhero movies that come out this is a very small budget being under 100 million dollars um and it did pretty well for itself you know uh in terms of making its money back it grossed a total of 173 million dollars worldwide with 72 of that being domestic and that was as of i think two days ago so Wait, what how much did it gross you said so 72 million domestic uh-huh. uh, 101 foreign and then a, a grand total of 173 okay yeah, you okay yeah. with that? Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm. I think I'm, we could have done better, but I'm okay with that. We should have done better. Yeah, like just as as, as human beings, we should have done better because there was no reason to not want to see this movie. If you're a DC fan or a, a comic book movie fan or like a superhero fan, I think a lot of people were. I mean, but I hate to say this every single time because I'm not saying strictly this is not why. Like that's not why this movie didn't do great, but. 
toxic masculinity is a real thing on the internet and it definitely was this this movie already had an uphill battle the fact that they clipped out one of the biggest fight scenes in the movie to put online to make fun of a hair tie scene that doesn't happen in in avengers endgame yeah nothing gets released in avengers endgame other than exactly what the studio wants you to see and and then people are oh my god like it's like god sent a gift yeah. from the heavens above so i completely agree i think that it's i have no problem with if you see captain marvel or wonder woman and you don't like the movie after you've seen yes. it i just don't understand how you don't see it if you are a comic book fan if you're an action fan or if you're a margot robbie ewan mcgregor fan i don't yeah i just don't understand it doesn't make any sense and you know this movie was written really well it you know it, it Every movie has its its plot holes, and you know this is not like a hardcore drama. This is a superhero movie about an antihero. So there's yeah, it's you, not like Shawshank. Yeah, you're not gonna get Shawshank yeah. here. You're gonna get exactly what you signed up for, and and I think it gave you more than that. I think it delivered even better than that. I think the chemistry among the cast was out of this world good, and and again, all the women were so freaking badass. Yeah. Critically, it got a 6.6 on IMDb, which feels a little low. I think it should probably be in the sevens at least. And then uh, Rotten Tomatoes has a 78% from both the tomato meter and the audience, Mm. which I think is more fair because Rotten Tomatoes is it's just an aggregate of whether you did like it or didn't like it. So this means that about 80% of people like it. Yeah. Which I'm okay with. Yeah, me too. When but a lot of people don't know that, which they don't. bugs me cuz they see movies like that when in actuality I feel like it was a solid 85%. You mean like if you were rating it out of 10? If I was rating 10. it out of yeah, 100%, yeah. 85%, but and that's how most people view Rotten Tomato scores. Yeah, and they just they're just wrong. They're, they're like, just straight oh, it's up a wrong. 70, yeah. And it's like, no, well, it's not actually a score. So, yeah, I I'm trying to think of where I would I would put it. I'd probably put it at like a 7.6, I think. Seven seven. Really? Yeah, that's a strong. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, it is. That's pretty it good, is. you it know. Is. Especially for Andrew Guy. Especially for Andrew Guy. Uh, Steph Sabrati, you have a favorite line? Oh yes, I do, Andrew. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a classic one that we saw in the trailer, but then it even hit harder in the movie when she goes, "I'm the one they should be scared of, not you, not Mr. J, because I'm Harley freaking Quinn." Yes, it was so <laughs> awesome, and I lo- I think that her. Her her like portrayal of Harley Quinn was perfect. Yes. You know the voice was good. It didn't get. I heard some people say it was like a little annoying in the beginning, Mm-mm. but then you were just on board. Yeah, like that's what she sounds like. Yeah, like she's a cartoon human. Yeah, and I think that if you had the original Harley Quinn from the comic books for an hour and forty five minutes, that could have been a little. They would have. Yeah, they. I think she would have been roasted. Yeah, yeah. I it would have been like Doolittle, Robert Downey Jr. and Doolittle. Have you seen, have you seen it? <laughs> yes. Oh, it's that bad. It's awful, Andrew. Did you know that it was a passion project of his? No. I thought it, I thought he owed the studio like a favor because of Iron Man, but apparently this is something that he's been wanting to do for a very long time. No. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so, I feel like I'm talking shit about my dad when I talk shit I know, about him. I know. I know. I I thought his voice was dubbed the entire time. Really? Yeah. I have to I have to check it out. I've heard it's pretty bad. You're gonna have to watch it belligerent because <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Uh, okay, so there's a I, I saw someone in the chat here. It looks like big 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 J twenty one. What's up, big J? Um, he says it could have been PG thirteen. Now, obviously, I wish he would have elaborated a little bit more, but that does open up the conversation of PG thirteen movies being more accessible to the general audience, usually making more money. Oh, because um, this is like. Do you think this movie should have been PG-13 in the sense of being able to, like, have a larger 
audience of young women being able to watch this, like 13, 14, no. 15 year olds, or do you think it doesn't matter? No, I don't think it matters. I've always, I don't like the rate. I feel like when we try to shield our kids from what yeah. is in the real world, it doesn't make sense to me. So I think it would have, I think we would have gone cotton candy bullshit if it yes. was a PG 13. It would have been like, woman, women, you know, roar, fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it would have been <laughs> that would have sounded like. Yeah, and I think, I think the R rating brings stakes to it. Even just, I mean, you even said that you looked away for a part of this movie. A lot. I'm not going to lie. You know, so if this was a PG 13 movie. I think it would have been exactly what you're talking. Cotton candy bullshit. It wouldn't have felt as real as it did. Yeah. And I think that it's really important for it to feel grounded in, you know, at least this world. Yeah. And I think, how much did Deadpool, do you know, made? Like, a lot. There's no excuse. Yeah. No, there's not. There's not. It's not because this movie was rated R that it didn't get people to, to watch it. Because you know 13-year-olds were watching Deadpool with their parents. It, yeah. It was a thing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I would have hated if I had that experience. Oh, to watch it with your parents? Oh, oh my God. It's my God. still <laughs> awkward. Like, I'm, like, still, like, no, I've never had sex. <laughs> never. Why would I? Why, Why would I, would I? I'm not married. <laughs> so then when that happens, then I will. Then I'll, you'll know, because I'll have a ring on my finger. Come on. Okay. So, yeah, we didn't have an AMA question, but I thought that was a, it was a good uh, thing to at least cover. Um, I'm happy it's R. I think it should, it should stay at R. Uh, so, Steph, there are three action movie categories. Totally legitimate, totally ridiculous, and ridiculously legitimate. They kind of explain themselves. Uh, what do you think this movie is? I forget how you guys explain it. but <laughs> So, totally legitimate are movies like Shawshank, like The Godfather, okay, okay. Deepwater Horizon, just completely grounded in reality. You don't ever have to stretch your imagination for anything. Totally ridiculous are movies that kind of fall off a cliff of absurdity, absurdity like Demolition Man. Uh-huh. Or, I don't know if Deadpool was in there or not, but, you know, Deadpool's totally ridiculous, but in a great way. Yeah. Uh, and then there's movies that are ridiculously legitimate, where they, they hold together pretty strongly. There's usually, like, a great performance in it, or maybe the script, or something about it that makes you feel like... I know this isn't real, but it feels like it could be. Got it. Ridiculously legitimate. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think I think that's the the only way this movie could have been. Because if it was totally legitimate, it would have felt like it took itself way too seriously and would have not been enjoyable. No. And then totally ridiculous is what we would have gotten in the PG thirteen. Yeah, especially yeah, you have bats and like all these cool weapons. It's a little bit different, but I think the characters and their character arches are make sense to me completely. Did you have a favorite weapon? It was the the launcher. Yeah, it was the launcher. Yeah. I liked. I actually did like the crossbow killer. I don't know why she I liked it so, so much. Yeah, but I loved Huntress. Yeah. I, was... I would love to see more of her. So, oh, I didn't even say my favorite line because we did oh, yours. Yeah. And so my favorite line, and I don't have it all, but it was when uh, when Black Canary says something. And she's like, it's not a, she's like, it's not a fucking bow and arrow. It's a crossbow. <laughs> and then she's like, you got anger issues. She's like, I don't have anger issues. And then Harley Quinn comes up and she drops like this beautiful little nugget of straight up being a therapist like Wait, being I a psychologist have it, do you right? have it yeah oh my god okay psychologically speaking vengeance rarely brings the catharsis we hope for yes <laughs> i love yes! that line. And it also it was like the three of them together as a squad for the first time and like already the the way that they worked together their chemistry on screen was excellent like you've got harley quinn who's just off the cliff of absurdity you've got huntress who takes herself way too seriously and then black canary who's just like us yeah like she yeah. is us. she's like this just happened <laughs> yeah so I, I love that. I'm so glad you had it written down. That was one of my favorite parts about her character is that you forget she has a PhD. She's a smart, smart girl. She's just crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. I loved in the beginning. Oh, also like bones going the wrong way when she jumped on the driver's legs in the beginning because he called her dumb uh, in the club and she like just jumps from the stage oh! onto his legs. They, oh, they go the wrong way. 
Also, ah! didn't she do that again later on, like with another guy's legs that she broke like in three different ways, and then oh like, yeah, she did. I got hot just yeah, thinking yeah, about yeah. it. I don't like I don't like when bones ah! go the wrong way. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no, no. Uh, so yes, I will have to agree with you. Ridiculously legitimate. That seems completely appropriate. So we only got one more thing to do on the show, Steph, mm. and that's called the pitch. Wow, wow. there it is. <laughs> we don't have a movie for next week. We haven't. We haven't. We've been. Ben and I are slacking. Hmm. He's been out of town. I've been dying, uh, but I'm better now, and he's coming back. So uh, just follow, make sure you're following us on Twitter, at Team Action Show, at Andrew Guy, at Ben Bateman Media, at Steph Sabra. You know, check all of us out. Steph, what else? Um, let's talk about you for just one more second. Okay. What other stuff are you doing right now that we can watch you do on the internet? Okay, well, Star Wars news, Thursdays, 4 p.m. PST at the Popcorn Talk. Um, also doing a few different after shows after Buzz. If you're into health and wellness, I do a, sh- a show with Maria Menounos, the CEO, the big boss of this yeah. this place. And it's called Better Together with Maria. Yeah, that drops on Mondays. Kathy on there, right? Yeah, Kathy Kelly was on it. It was a really good episode. We played Never Have I Ever, so you find out some <laughs> some things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I we have some secret stuff in the works with me okay. and Roxy and Darina. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Teases to come. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that lineup. That's a, that's that's gonna be good. All right, I want to know all about this, and then you need to come on the Action Guys sometimes. Yes. We would love to have it. It's a show that we do every Sunday from usually six to eight p.m. Talk entertainment news. We talk showdown a little bit, but then we usually talk to the chat a lot. So it's just kind of like a two-hour, not daily show, but weekly show that Ben and I do. I'd love to. I love you guys, and I love you guys have such a good show. Uh, it's because of the. You know, I mean, like you said it before, the Action Army. They they literally are our lifeblood. Love Thank them. you guys so much. So a few shout-outs that we got to do here. We got Commander in Chief, Commanders in Chief, Alex and Lucas Shashek. Big time salute to you guys. They donate at the highest level on our Patreon, a level that we didn't think anyone would ever donate at because it was a joke level, and they did it. So Whoa! big, big ups to them. You rock. They really do. Uh, Five star generals Paul Denuzio, John Getz, Jake Yacoveta, Mac Ryan. Big time salute to you guys. Thank you so much for your support. I'm and of course, on the salute. Yeah, oh, please okay? do. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we got a bunch of generals here and a, a few new generals. We got Glenn Caesar, Mike Deacon, Liam Gilpin, Luke, Marshall Haynes. Wow, there we go. Danny Joyce, Andrew Hayes, Kelsey Kirkland, Sadi Laman Maki, AJ Lancaster, Jeremiah Morris, Ferris Muthana, Carl Newell, Anthony Nugent, John Patterson, Eric Ritz, Oscar Romo, and Cody Seal. Big, big time salute to you guys. Thank you so much. We will see you same place, same time next week. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Manu. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.